Hello, welcome to Charity Chats. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, we speak to Tori Elloway, Fuse Lead at CAST, and Rachel Townley, Digital Services Manager at Action for Children. We talk about how technology can and is being used for good, how charities save costs, improve engagement, and provide a greater service to donors, supporters, beneficiaries through the use of technology. We talk about how charities can understand and embrace the technology that is most suited to their audience as part of a successful digital service delivery. You'll hear from Tori first, who starts by defining tech for good. So without further ado, here is Tori Elloway and Rachel Townley. Hello and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm here with Tori Elloway, Views Lead at CAST, and Rachel Townley, Digital Services Manager Action for Children. Hello. Hello. We're talking today about tech for good. Well, what, what do we mean by tech for good? Um, so tech for good, I think, is uh, it's a movement of, I think, of, of people uh, that are trying to develop services and products, um, technolo- uh, technology that is fulfilling or helping to solve some sort of social problem um, or an environmental problem as well. And I think the, the network element of it, of people coming together, trying to do something a bit different, is yeah. the, the key. Is one of the key elements to um, tech for good, I think. And yeah. you start with the good, don't you? So like the good is what the, sort of the, the change you're trying to drive. Yeah. And then the tech is what facilitates that. So like well, tech okay. has existed in many ways for ages. But actually now it's starting to, people are starting to become aware of the movement where you use that tech and make the good happen. Yeah. 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 What are the new types of technology that charities are using? So I think charities are start, or starting to look into um, things like AI or machine learning um, and Bitcoin most recently as well. Like there's a couple of charities that start. I think RNLI has started to accept donations in Bitcoin. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Um, I, I think that's all very kind of you know it's all really positive and I think charities have a, a role to play within um, developing those technologies and like making sure that they are you know kind of ethical and because there's there's been quite a lot of um, press about like how they could be used for quite some quite bad things sure. I think especially AI or yeah um, but I do think that it kind of it can add to for certain charities for maybe smaller charities or charities that haven't quite kind of um, managed to develop digitally I guess um, I think there's, it can be quite uh, add to the the mix of things that can be out there um, sure. and could potentially make it even more daunting for them to actually start their journey in terms of yeah digital development and stuff like that. Absolutely. So yeah, as you say, there's a lot of negative stuff around cryptocurrencies as well, isn't there? Yeah. I suppose it's it's quite hard for charities, I imagine, to to look at any new technology and think. Yeah, we're going to try that out. Yeah. yeah. So there's probably a lot of risk attached to it yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. So what, what can charities do to maybe avert some of those risks? Should they be doing some kind of um, audits of the technologies that are most likely to help them or, or you know, other kind of work on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think definitely doing due diligence of, of anything that, you're, that, that charities are looking to do, I think that's definitely something that should be done. It's finding out actually what what is the thing that you actually need because I think you know sometimes it, you know you might just opt to go for the shiny kind of new technology 
um, but actually what you need is something quite you know operational that will help you in your day-to-day um, operations I guess and you know I think focusing on that and working out what are those actual small things that could make much more of a big, uh, much more of a difference within your organization some organizations are already using like the shiny fancy stuff and sometimes for charities it's just about doing kind of getting the basics right as well so yeah. what what might not feel like massively innovative or shiny or sparkly is actually just something like is it functional something that does what you need so some organisations just using text messaging in a different way so yeah. they might not have communicated with service users via some via text because they've always had face-to-face services but with less funding yeah. actually be able to provide something more remotely and like text message isn't new it's been around yeah. since I don't even know when it was invented but it's been around for some time <laughs> <laughs> but it's new to some charities and then it does get a bit more advanced like using AI or using just like online chat most people expect to be able to use online chat or something when you speak to any kind of consumer or any kind of um, like Vodafone or anyone like that, but charities starting to use that, so like yeah. Childline Samaritans and people, then that is innovative within the charity industry and within that organisation. Sure. It's going and looking at what your users are already yeah. using and what tools and habits they have, and that's kind of like one of the key principles to um, service design, I think, or digital right. service design anyway, is talking to your users, finding out all about their behaviours, the apps, the, the technology that they're using, and then actually developing or designing something that fits within their, within those habits so that they're not having to go outside of their, um, of their normal behaviour to, to start using something. How should charities, especially if, if they're small charities with fairly small resource, how can they go about easily understanding what their users or supporters are actually using in terms of tech and, and then meeting that? Yeah, just getting out speaking to them, observing them, understanding what they're using for, what purposes. Yeah knowing how they can be there for someone in whichever way is appropriate and useful for them. They should be speaking to people anyway. Yeah. Even more yeah. so. I guess it's, it's speaking to people in a different way yeah. as well. So I think you know a lot of charities will already have day-to-day contact via helplines or via services that they're already delivering. Yeah. But I think it's actually making time specifically for well-designed user research um, interviews and, and things like that and observations, like you said. Yeah. So going out and just looking at people, how they're interacting with your service, what they're doing, are they busy, are they not busy, just, just things like that. Mm. So I think it's definitely making a definition between the two types of communication yeah. that you have with, with your users. Yeah. And then I think from that, then just kind of working out what what might help them. And it could be, you know, something really small. There's so many different off-the-shelf services that you can that you can use, like kind of type form and like you know, like you were saying, Rachel, kind of SMS um, tools that are quite adaptable and quite easy yeah. to use nowadays. Um, and then just just trialing it, giving it a go for a, a month or so, or you know, a few weeks. And just sharing it across your organisation. Yeah. So you, you might get one maverick who's like, yeah, I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to talk to people. But then making sure that other people in the organisation hear what they've spoken to. Sure. Because you don't want everyone to go into the same person to ask them. But if yeah. you can share your insights with other people in your organisation, that means everyone doesn't have to give up their entire working week to do it, yeah. but they still will get a week's worth of user insight yeah. and use like, some need from just everyone saying, oh, I spoke to this one person and they said X, Y, Z. Right, okay. 
What are the hurdles of embracing new tech and how can charities overcome these hurdles? I think one of them is assuming that it won't work for you or being like we've never done this or our service users won't want this so if you were like perhaps if your service users tend to be I don't know an older demographic it would be potentially easier to assume they're not going to want to use the internet they're not going to want to use text message they're not going to want to try this and actually if you speak to them chances are that they might or they're not against it so assumptions about what your user wants can sometimes be a hurdle Right, or what okay. you think they need, yeah. um, rather than it being user-led, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think another one is, um, you know, ch- charities are, are obviously um, kind of, they're up against it, you know, like they've got a lot going on, there's, there's not a lot of time to be um, dedicating to, to this kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's just really important that there is some sort of, you know, acknowledgement internally for, for this thing to, to be to be done. Um, and it needs to happen because funding is being cut across all sectors, like every kind of service provision. So there's less central funding coming because charities are having to do more and more, but they're not being given funding to do that. So they're going to have to find other ways to meet, to help those people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one of the hurdles for charities is um, that there doesn't seem to be very much of an understanding, often at kind of like maybe senior senior level, sure, um, sure. of the amount of work that goes into developing and maintaining a digital service. Yeah. So it's not just that you can you know create a service and then just leave it to run on its own. You know you have to kind of go back in and monitor how it's yeah. doing, make changes to it, get feedback from people. And so I think it's just really important for, for people who are doing that work to communicate with their, you know, their trustees, with their senior management and team, CEOs, that kind of thing. Mm. That, you know, that it, it takes time, but yeah. it's worth it's worth it, it's worth the investment. And presumably there are lots of case studies out there. I know that Rachel, you you've been part of this process yeah. yourself, haven't you? And and there must be a lot of case studies out there that people, charities listening to this can use to make the case to their board or their yeah. senior management team that it's worth looking into. Yeah, so when like so Active Children were on the Fuse programme that Cast do, mm-hmm. um, like the accelerator. So I, I left the charity for three months to work with Fuse and we had a problem identified. But as well as all the user-led stuff that we did and all those sort of things we already discussed, one of the main things that sort of Fuse really reiterated was about that stakeholder management. And it wasn't just me going off for three months working on a project and then being like, oh hi, I'm back, here's a thing. It was from day one, it was this is what I've been doing and then each month we used to do a presentation to like fairly senior people, like this is what the users have told us, this is what they've told us they would use and they would do. And like we've done various projects like that but it had never really been kind of that insight led when we were communicating up what we needed whereas the things that Fuse taught us was that stakeholder management from the get-go mm. is crucial to making the belief you can't turn down what a user is telling you yeah. it's easier to be oh, maybe maybe she's exaggerating a bit but if i've got solid quotes yeah, or yeah. videos or anything like that then it's really hard to refute that because they're they're trustees or they're leaders of these charities because they believe in helping those so you're talking about the, by user, you mean ben, the beneficiaries yeah, yeah. And, and support, I suppose supporters as well, one and the same maybe in some cases. But yeah, they can yeah, be. Yeah. Um, I think also just in terms of um, like resources out there that you were mentioning, case studies and things like that, we've just finished um, a piece of work that we, so we did a lot of research with charity of different sizes and kind of, I guess, found out that 
that there was a need for some a set of digital principles um, that would help um, with digital service delivery and so that's now a resource for, for charities and it's been kind of it's been yeah. been done by charities and it's yeah. for charities yeah. and there's case studies and there's scenarios there for like you know well I'm just about to get started with um, with development or I need to get my um, my stakeholders on board how do I do it and there's there's case studies and resources and things like that on there brilliant well, we can we can mirror. link to that on the website yeah so, yeah brilliant. Cool. and they mirror the kind of things that we were taught to use yeah so not everyone can have that opportunity yeah sometimes the charities can't do it sometimes the spaces aren't there but having those things are the things that you learn so having that to refer to is like it's crucial to charity stuff So where the charities start if they want to explore the tech options available to them, you see the uh, seen the case studies and the work that you guys have already done, and we'll have a link on our website to that. And uh, and and then keeping kind of I suppose the um, horizon scanning to see are there yeah. technological advances or you know news coming seeing out about what other things, people are doing, what so seeing what doing, your yeah. direct competitors are doing. So we're yeah. a children's charity, so sure. we, would, we would look at what like Bernardo's are doing, what NSPCC yeah. are doing, but then also look broader than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because just because they're not necessarily helping the same service users you doesn't mean that what they're doing isn't relevant or isn't inspirational. Mm. So it's looking beyond just your immediate circle of sort of people that you not compete with because all charities are helping people. Yeah. But seeing what the charity sector as a whole are doing because mm. you can get a lot from that and learn lessons from what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, a, there's lots of events as well, so you can read stuff and you can look at those online, but there's like loads of tech for good mm. sort of initiatives or meetups or things like that where yeah. people talk about their case studies as well and they tend to be free or cheap to attend. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think they're even just London-based. I think they are they're springing up around yeah there's quite a few around the country yeah yeah, yeah. so it's worth just googling yeah um or maybe if we find some like i don't know if there's a repository of them yeah. yeah but going to those to hear first hand because then you can also ask questions that's always handy yeah. <laughs> learn from their mistakes as well yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely we've we started doing randomized coffee trials so what, what, um, are, what are these randomized coffee trials which you speak <laughs> I like this idea already. <laughs> um, so it's an idea that we've borrowed from Nesta, yeah. um, but we're just asking people who are in the charity industry um, and involved in some sort of digital, um, uh, yeah, in some sort of digital project or are interested in digital, mm-hmm. um, to to sign up um, to a, a list of people, and then every month I will link them up with another person within the industry and then they go for a coffee together and have a chat. Wow, can I sign up? <laughs> you, t- you certainly I can. I work for charity. Yeah. So, yeah. so, okay, great. Well, we'll put that, the link for that as yeah. well on the website and then great. people can sign up. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners will be up for that. So, cool. yeah. fantastic. Tori Elloway, Rachel Townley, thank you for contributing to Charity Chats. Thanks for having us. So there we go, dear listener. Tech for Good was defined by Tori and Rachel there as services and products or technology that are trying to solve social or environmental problems. And I suppose any charity out there listening, um, Tech for Good is what could help you to do what you need to do in order to help your beneficiaries. As Tori said, one of the crucial things to include in any digital service design is how to fit the service with the way your users, whether that's your beneficiaries, supporters, or volunteers, for example, already behave, and the types of technology they use. So focusing on a target audience-centered approach there, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Organizations need to make time for well-designed research, 
Tori mentions, of course, uh, observational research is one thing that charities can do in order to understand the audience they want to engage with. And Tori and Rachel suggest making sure to be user-led, as we said, target audience-driven, not to make assumptions and to allow yourself to break any assumptions you do have. Let your supporters, beneficiaries, volunteers tell you what they're using and then help you to reach them through those channels. So please do check out the website for more information about this fascinating topic. I think it's the first of many where we'll talk more about digital service design and tech for good. And there are plenty of case studies. So uh, if you've got any ideas, please do get in touch with us. Um, please also check out the website for, uh, for links that were mentioned. Um, so we talked about Fuse and the randomized coffee trials as well that uh, Tori mentioned. Uh, we'll, we'll try and get involved in that too in some way. And, uh, and do have a look on the website for that. Um, all this information is on our website, charitychat.org.uk. Also, please let us know what you thought of the episode. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, and uh, whether that's good or bad, we'd love to hear if we're doing anything wrong. And uh, we're always up for improving. Uh, we're a bunch of happy amateurs, we're all volunteers, and we're always looking for other people to join in, either the, through uh, opting to be an interviewee or to help interview and to come up with ideas for shows. Uh, one of our splendid listeners, Katie, has contacted us over our website asking us to cover charities influencing policy in the third sector. Katie, it's a great idea. We're going to look into that at the moment and we'll come back to you and hopefully have a show before Christmas on that very topic. Um, so if you have any suggestions for future episodes, would like to get in touch with us at all, do go to our website, charitychat.org.uk. And it's just left for me to thank you, dear listener, for listening and our corporate sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit for beautifully designing our website at charitychat.org.uk, RR Yard Photography for the beautiful photos on the website, and Forrester Fools who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out now. That's it from me. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.